was incredibly restless in many ways and uh, always trying to improve whatever he was doing and whether he was conducting and or, or composing and there I don't think that was a mind at rest very often and uh, that comes out in in many pieces but almost nowhere uh, I think in in the the corner movements of the seventh the first and, and the last one and maybe the finale of the fifth where that comes out very very strongly those those uh, triumphant sort of still doubting but <laughs> triumphant marches into something you know redemption of, of some sort but uh, yeah it's a it's a fascinating symphony the seventh i think do you find it more and more um sort of beguiling and as as you say fascinating the more that you do it yeah i've always uh, right from the first time that i didn't did it which is a long time ago uh, um it has been one of my most uh, dear dear symphonies because it's it may be more uh, personal than people sometimes uh, give it credit for i mean it's it's uh, it, it's almost over the top, and it, 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 there couldn't be anything else written after the sixth, I think, uh, which is so dark and depressing and sad and and full of of uh, looking forward to to darkness. And uh, and then this piece has sort of it's certainly not if it was an opera, it wouldn't be a comical opera, but it's 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 more full of life and uh, while. In, in, for in the in the first movement, maybe with a desperate undertone, from you know we must be happy, let's be happy, you must be happy, you know it's sort of a little bit of that, but in the last movement, it it really is sort of um, yeah, it's some of the lightest and brightest and funniest music he has written, I think. It's not easy to get a handle. On, on this symphony, I suppose people tend to want to 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 um, sort of look for a meaning, a definitive meaning, which you can't find really anywhere in Mahler. But this one, particularly difficult to get a handle on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I I, I never try to categorize music like that. I mean, or or any music. You know, it, it's it's a, a picture. Uh, time time picture of of how he felt when he wrote it, and because the man had so many facets to him, the, you know, the, a month later or, or a week after finishing this, he might have been at the opera conducting and uh, or, or whatever, and been very depressed. And um, it, it's just, I don't know that that Mahler wrote that many things just with a program. I mean. <clears throat> There's a lot of debate about that, and I'm usually more on the side that he he got taken with what he found in himself, and in this case, the beginning of the symphony that is rumored to be that he was walking along the lake, he couldn't start the symphony and done nothing, and nothing had come out of on the paper, and there was a, a boat being uh, paddled in the in the darkness in the setting. Uh, setting darkness and that sound of the of the paddle in the water was gently and the waves uh, gave him that in the beginning and then the wailing tenor horn which sort of sings 
you know, you could say maybe it's sad, maybe it's beautiful, maybe it's romantic, maybe it's just he was thinking about, I don't know, his cows, the the guy who played that, you know. It, um, we need to, and more and more because of movies, etc., we need a program. We would like to, you know, we feel insecure when we don't have a story with it. And uh, we've become so story-driven and uh, because of TV and the movies and etc., and it's just it's just music and of course you know if you, if you're an amateur psychiatrist yeah there's no better composer i think than than Mahler maybe beethoven is is also there but you know and that's for everybody's own risk whatever you want to read in it so you've you've really got to um just sit back and sort of more or less accept that you you shouldn't really try too hard to to get it no, and I think unless you have made a big study of that piece and you've heard it a hundred times, you shouldn't have the audacity, I think, to think that you will get it. I mean, there's no way in the world, you know, even for us who have played it a number of times, yeah, we'll, we'll not get every everything of it. And even if we get it, it might not always work. You know, this is such, these masterpieces are so of such density and so much is going on, so many different layers. And if you put a little light on one light layer, the other layer won't show. And so it, it's, um, yeah, the, the fullness of and the richness of, of his works, you know, it's, nobody is just going to get it uh, overnight. And that might take a lifetime as it did him to get to that point. I'm so interested in this whole idea, going back again to the, the idea of restlessness with, with Mahler and this Mahler spirit, that he consulted Sigmund Freud towards the end of his life. And, and the effect of that was, uh, well, it did something um, to make him uh, happier or more content, and, but he didn't write any, any music subsequently. Do you have any feelings about this? Oh, yeah. Very many, it's very strong feelings that the world can be very thankful that he didn't meet Freud when he was 25, <laughs> because I think that talent, you know, it pushes itself through. It's like a tree trunk through the asphalt. You know, it, it needs to come through. And uh, once you start smoothing that out and taking away and, and have us all understand why we are what we are, in certain cases that might be very helpful, you know, if you have a very difficult life and you have, uh, but uh, for, for an artist of that magnitude, someone who, a creator of, of that incredible power and strength, to, for, for Freud to try and put his rather meager uh, techniques on, on, you know, I mean, Freud was a great man, but not in my mind, comparable with the greatness of Mahler, and to try and to say you're sexually this and that because your mother didn't kiss you, or, you know, I mean, what is Mahler going to do with that? That's, uh, I'm very happy for one that neither Mahler or Beethoven or, you know, ever saw a, a shrink, and uh, <laughs> because it left us the, the, the maybe not totally fulfilled great masterpieces searching for perfection, searching for emotional perfection in, in other you know, places and enlightenment. <laughs> 